Welcome to the podcast, In and Through Exist, to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. My name is Marshall. What's up? Not much? I think we start with a, with an apology has been a bit. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> you know what happened is we started talking about how we had done all of these without any kind of break in the schedule for mm. four years, mm-hmm. and the wheels came off. Yeah. That's true. Just completely came off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. We do our best, folks. We've been busy. And I know everybody says that, but I was out of the country. I was out of the continent. <laughs> out of the hemisphere. <laughs> out of the hemisphere. Twice over. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. Yeah. All right. So, finally, mm-hmm. we're coming back to Mormonism. Yes, we are. Last time we talked about the culture and the history. Mm-hmm. This time we're going to talk about some of the theology. Yes. I think the culture and history of Mormonism is fascinating in like the most interesting and peculiar kind of ways. Mm-hmm. The theology does not disappoint. <laughs> there's, there's some interesting tidbits. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't come in second. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. It's equally interesting in different ways. Uh, I, and yeah. I, I think especially being a religion that claims to base itself off of the Bible, mm-hmm. that would call itself the Church of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that's going to be really important to to talk about here is when they talk about their theology and the use of the Bible in their theology, mm. it is not primary. Mm. And sometimes they will even use the word the when the Bible is appropriately translated. Right. 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 Which is to say... That's generally not the case. Yeah. Although, they use the King James Version. Sure. Because that's what people use when Joseph Smith was around. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, yeah. And so there's, there is a, when we're talking about the place of the Bible, both Old and New Testament, in the teaching of the Mormon Church, the reason they're, they've come to the place that they're at with all these other texts as well, the Book of Mormon only being the first, right? The Pearl of Great Price and Doctrines and Covenants and other other texts that have kind of come along over the years. It's, be, it's because they have this concept of continuing revelation mm-hmm. that isn't altogether different than even what the Prophet Muhammad was saying with Islam. It was like, those things were good. Those things, were, there's, there's truth to be had there. Those things are good. But newer is better. The idea of like continuing revelation. So whatever comes next supersedes, you know, what comes before. So the Bible is true insofar for them. The Bible is true insofar as it is rightly interpreted through the lens of Mormon doctrine, which right. has, you know, developed yep. over the last close to 200 years. Yeah. And we, we made that connection last time, mm-hmm. the connection between Mormonism and Islam Mm-hmm. And, and just to say their origins historically 
are wildly similar mm-hmm. and, and in some ways theologically similar mm-hmm. in, in how theology is developed and how it's weighted, mm-hmm. not necessarily in what the theology is. Right. I right. think I think what both of them do that cause them to be so similar, I, I, I can't say it about the history side of it. Mm. Like the, the commonalities between the uneducated, uh, non-religious boy having the vision, hiding off in a place, interpreting his aunts and uncles, and everybody just being like, yeah, this is real, and people buy... That's wildly similar, mm-hmm. and and I can't really even draw a, a whole like this is why the soup sort of stirs into that direction. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's sure. I know. I, sometimes Baptists hate the word coincidence because they're like it's providence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know of a better word to use in that place, but it's mm-hmm. wild mm-hmm. how similar. Sure. When it comes to the theology and the development of it, there's so much in Christianity that is bizarre. Mm. And I don't, I don't mean bizarre in a way that's sort of like outlandish and could never be. Mm-hmm. I'm saying in a way that shouldn't be. Mm. That God should not care so much for rebellious people of his own creation mm. that he would extend grace and mercy and love. Mm. That should not be, and it doesn't really make sense because that's not how we would order it if we were absolutely divine, and over all things sovereign. Mm. We would be selfish. We would be angry. We would want to be served, and we would recognize that these people have no existence without us and no business doing their own thing. Mm. And that's how Islam and Mormonism order their theology. It's a very human perspective. Right. And... Grace is the disruptor mm-hmm. that makes Christianity bizarre. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah, Mor- Mormonism, just like Islam did before, kind of dials back that aspect of it and dials yeah. back other things that we'll talk more about, but like the deity of Christ and other things like that in a similar way. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll still use terms like grace and mercy. Sure. But but it, it's <laughs> but it, it's not undeserved. Yeah, it's earned grace and mercy. Which is not grace nor well, mercy. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's another aspect too to just kind of talking like high level, like 30,000 foot stuff with worldview of Mormons that again shapes why they why they hold to some of these conclusions and why the, you know, why do the things like the Book of Mormon um, supersede the the scripture, right? Like the, the, the subtitle for the Book of Mormon is Another Testament of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it described this way by Mormons that um, if we think of kind of the idea of like the old world and the new world, right? If you want to divide, we talked about hemispheres recently, just, just now about my travels, but the old world being, you know, Middle East, Asia, Africa, Europe, whatever, um, and the new world being the Americas, it's almost as though the Bible is God's, what God did and outlines to a degree what God wants for the old world. But what's revealed to Joseph Smith is what God wants for the new world. It's very um, it's very American 
right? Mm-hmm. Like it's For very, sure. right? In, in both senses, in the kind of the Pan-American, like this Western hemisphere kind of sense, but also in like the United States of America, American sense as well mm-hmm. of it. You know, we talked a little bit about that, about, you know, their belief of being like, like the Garden of Eden was in like Missouri or something like that. You know what I mean? Like everything that matters, the, the most important events in history and places in history, you know, suddenly this, this new world, um, is full of this very rich history, which of all these places and characters who were instrumental in God's plan, um, you know, and it, I could, I could see the appeal for someone, uh, you know, to be like, oh, like, because it's cool. Like, if you're, if you, you know, if you live in a town where something important happened or somewhere famous is from, mm-hmm. that's exciting. There's yeah. an element of that's cool. Shout right? out to Beebs. Shout out to Biebs, right? Oh, like Stratford, Ontario. Oh, it's the hometown of Justin Bieber, right? Like, there's a, there's an element of like, oh, that makes that makes where I am interesting compared to other right. places, right? And you know, for someone who's deeply spiritual, the reality is is that United States and Canada not all that interesting as far as geographically, right? Yeah, right. Um, inconsequential in a lot of ways. Right. So, so what the Book of Mormon does, it just fills that all up. It's like, no, no, no. Like, yeah, you live in yeah. Missouri, you feel bored in Missouri, you're in the Garden of Eden. And now we're going to build this temple here, which is the true temple. And the, the new prophet's going to be there. And like all this, we get to be the center of the universe. Yeah. I, I saw a video of a guy who was doing, he, he's done this in the past where he did a Why I Left Mormonism documentary. Mm. And he did another one about just sort of the history and the background of Mormonism. And he had a really good, really good take on this. Like we've talked over various episodes over the years about the difference between the way the United States came to be through a revolution versus how Canada came to be. Asking nicely. Waiting it out. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, waiting it out. <laughs> uh, and and we also talked about how all of these there was just like this sort of swarm of these cults that came kind of in the same period. Mm -hmm. He connected that to uh, being fresh out of a revolutionary period Mm. where these people had gone from the monarch being able to hold things over them Mm. to taking on an attitude of why not us? Right. Why not us? Why can't we be the interesting ones? Why can't we lead? Mm -hmm. And... And then adding to that, this sort of pop culture uh, infatuation with the mystical, mysticism, Mm. and superstition and things like that that were just really running rampant in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that those two things sort of led to an appetite for, why can't can't the uh, United States be Jerusalem? Right, right. Why does it have to be the old order? Yeah. And there was a sense in which that American idea, like what happened after the American Revolution was, what was created there was something that was new and fresh and different Mm -hmm. and better in a lot of ways. Um, And so so the Mormons kind of do that with, at least in their perspective, with religion, right? All these old ways that have been imported from Europe— Right, what, what, whatever the denomination that is, mm-hmm. but from Roman Catholicism to Anglicanism, Presbyterianism, Baptists, all this, all this stuff originated in Europe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how can any of that be good and true and right? It came from there, right? Came from those 
European yeah. oppressors, right? And so, you know, this so out of that, this this doctrine of this great apostasy develops, where, you know, in their view, kind of after the time of the apostles until the 1830s, so for I don't know, like almost 1800 years, essentially, like there there was no church, there was no true church, right. really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this is the the restored church. This is finally, finally, after all this time, the real deal has has come to light. Yeah. And that is, I mean, obviously outrageous in one respect. I mean, I think we got to be a little bit careful because there are some Baptists who do somewhat similar things. It's true. It's true. <laughs> right? Who talk about this, like, this hidden bloodline of Baptists who existed all throughout history. It's like... Uh, not quite. I mean, we did a deep dive into church history, and there were those, you know, in the dark times of the medieval era who stood up against the um, the heresies that were being taught, but, like, they weren't, you know, it wasn't like good old Baptist boys in the ninth century, in the 12th century, yeah. and, right? Like, that just wasn't the case, right? So we got to be careful we don't slip into, slip into a similar error. Yeah, and, and so... So all of the theology we're going to talk about comes from essentially, by and large, the three extra texts mm. that come along with Mormonism, although three is too small of a number. Right. There, there are also the, the plate that's the hieroglyphic oh, yeah, that's, that's supposed to be about Joseph, but really yeah. has nothing to do yeah. with anything about it. Mm-hmm. Not really a theology in that as much as just an extra story. Yeah. That came from it, yeah. uh, but the Book of Mormon, which comes from the plates mm-hmm. and the seer stones, mm-hmm. um, and after that, there's the doctrines, doctrines and covenants, doctrines and covenants, um, which is a little bit inaccessible mm. and difficult, and so the Pearl of Great Price becomes like a commentary mm-hmm. on that book. To help mm-hmm. you understand it better, mm-hmm. because it wasn't always coherent, <laughs> <laughs> or or because it left room for for some things to be tightened up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We we can just put it like that. Yeah, and in some in some aspects, the problem with the Book of Mormon was that it didn't go far enough <laughs> for the Mormons. You know what I mean? Like where they where they what they ended up practicing and and believing and teaching. Was actually went went beyond the bounds of the right. differences between yeah. the Book of Mormon, like the Book of Mormon. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't like some of these like w- interesting, distinctive uh, beliefs and doctrines that they hold to. Like they're not in the they're not in the Book of Mormon. No, they're, not at all. They're later editions. In right? fact, there are there are things like Trinitarianism mm. is more identifiably present in the Book of Mormon than it is in the Bible. Mm. Yet, they're not Trinitarian, so that had to be fixed in the Pearl of Great Price. Right. Let me just explain to you that uh, what Joseph Smith wrote down there uh, wasn't, wasn't, right. wasn't really, it's not really what he meant. And so at that point, what they talk about is the three being one in, in spirit as in to say, we're all on the same page. Right, right. We're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about God. Let's talk Who is about God it. in the Mormon faith? Uh, well, God the Father. Yes, because we got to start with it God. has to be distinctive. It has to be God the Father. God the Father uh, was uh, well. He used to be a man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he used to be a man, you know? Flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah, who progressed. He ex- was exalted, made immortal, uh, and, and achieved godhood. By righteous living. Yeah. Which is interesting because that's not an origin story. No. In that there already has to be a creation. Mm-hmm. There has to be a creator. Mm-hmm. There has to be a world in which he can live righteously. Mm-hmm. Ostensibly, there have to be people mm-hmm. with which he can have his righteous interactions. Right. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know where. Yeah. It, it just the one of the one of the issues that I have with <laughs> there are many, but one particular issue that I have with Mormonism is that there is no real genuine the point when everything began story mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think if your worldview doesn't have a point when things began story mm-hmm. yeah it's a little unhitched yeah i mean i mean you got to get off the runway at some point right yeah so yeah so so there is a sense so like they so the mormons would affirm that there is a singular god for this world right but not in the universe Right. Right? So there is a plurality of gods. So when they say one true God, they mean over Earth. Yeah, for here. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if Elon Musk ever, ever gets people to Mars, I wonder how that works. Will the Mormons... Will the Mormons go to Mars? Or oh, of course they will. Diff- well, yeah, they definitely will. But like, <laughs> but it's more like it's more like who's the God of Mars, though, I wonder. Uh, <laughs> right. Interestingly enough... On this concept of God being flesh and blood mm-hmm. and not being uh, the creator of all things, Brigham Young took a stab at extending some of the theology on God as origin mm-hmm. and named Adam as God, the first man, Okay, um, which kind of changes the Adam and Eve story. It. Incredibly, Ooh. yeah. E- even if you just pick up where Adam exists, mm-hmm. then you still have ushering in, <laughs> right? Well, it's, the, it, Bi- it, the Bible says Adam brought about death, right? Adam brought about the brokenness. Even if Eve ate first, mm-hmm. Adam is blamed. Yeah, and Paul is very clear to say, by one Adam, mm-hmm. all are led into destruction, mm-hmm. and by one Adam, a second Adam. All are led into life, right? Right. So Brigham Young had this theory. He throws it out there. And Jesus is then the son of Adam. Okay. Who goes, but then comes back. Oh. And it didn't last long. It didn't grow legs. Yeah. It didn't stick around. But when Brigham Young was the head of the Mormon church, he was trying to, to throw this this noodle against the wall to see if it would stick, and uh, it didn't. It's kind of chilling when you think even of, like, back to that narrative story, right, what the serpent says, like, oh, you will be like, you'll be like God. That'll be your desire. Yeah. Right? You'll you, desire to be like God. Yeah. And uh, and that is the sales pitch That's the sales for Mormonism. Pitch. Yeah, you can be God. You can be a God, just like this one. Yep. Right? Equality with God is a thing to be grasped. 
Mr. and Mrs. Mormon. Chills. Mr. and Mrs. and Mrs. and Mrs. Mormon. Uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's like, it's wild, man. It's wild. And this is, and people don't realize it because on the surface, on the surface, it's like, oh, they have some quirky views, but I mean, they're still a church. They're still Christians. Yeah. They still have Jesus on their signs, for goodness sake. Like, come on. Right. We all believe in Jesus. Isn't that enough? Yeah. No. No. So it's not. <laughs> so we have, we have this God who was flesh and blood, mm-hmm. not here now. As flesh and blood, mm-hmm. gone, still flesh and blood, mm-hmm. and doing God things such as birthing spirit people. Oh, yeah, okay, yes, sorry. right. <laughs> so, yeah, so this God now yes. with his however many number of wives he has with him mm-hmm. in a celestial realm, mm-hmm. ruling over this planet, mm-hmm. birthing spirit, our spirits. Mm. which will become flesh and blood mm-hmm. as they're birthed by humans on earth um and given their opportunity mm-hmm. to live righteously yeah yeah this idea that like we're so all human being spirits were birthed we're, we're, we're spirit children birthed by a spirit father and a spirit mother and raised up in this other realm beforehand mm-hmm. right and so you only think you're you're new, but you've already lived this heavenly life in the past. And uh, and then, you know, this is your chance. If you can do a good enough job with this chance, then you can get like an upgrade and you can kind of like get elevated even above to where from where you used to be. Yeah, in which case it, it starts having these elements of uh, Eastern mysticism mm. where you have the reincarnations and the multiple lives and the multiple chances uh, mm-hmm. and, and where you're rated mm-hmm. according to how well you did life, mm-hmm. and that determines your next, uh, your next shot at all things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's kind of who God is and how God relates mm-hmm. with people, where people come from in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, those people who live most righteously ultimately um, might get their own planet yeah, where they can then take on the role of parenting and producing the spirit people that will populate the planet that they rule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too that like this this teaching is is developing at the same time that you know we begin to understand that the stars are also suns of other solar systems. So mm-hmm. oh look, there's lots and lots of planets. Everybody gets a planet. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's the Oprah thing. You get a planet, and you get a planet. Right? Everyone's yeah. like, look, all of a sudden people are like, you know, as as kind of our, you know, our knowledge of astronomy is expanding and we're realizing what's beyond even our own solar system. It's like, wait a second. Everybody can have one. There's, yeah. there's plenty for everyone. Look there's at all room this. for Mormonism to grow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So let's talk about those kingdoms. Okay. The three kingdoms. Okay. The celestial kingdom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The terrestrial Terrest- kingdom and the telestial. Right. Yeah, so, so essentially, there are different like, yeah, different levels. It's it, it makes you, it makes me think a little bit of like, like you know, like Lord of the Rings. You've got like Middle Earth. You've mm-hmm. got like the, you've got like where the Valar live, and then you've got like Middle Earth, and then you, you know what I mean? Like you've got these different right levels, planes of existence that you can live on and depending on how well you live will depend on whether or not you get to be in one of the good, you know, live in the better 
the better place or the worst place. Um, yeah, so it's very it's very much like, and again, like I don't know if you have more details on on what those things look like. Maybe you do. No, just just basically that uh, the the three kingdoms are sort of your reward, right? Yeah, it's your your final take on um, how did you do in the end, mm-hmm. right? Do you live in the heavens? Do you end up going to Earth to try again, mm-hmm. um, or is there going to be some punishment mm-hmm. for you? Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think my take on it, or, or my sense on it, I, I because because I'll be I'll be the first to say like I, I get lost in some of this. Yeah. Right. I, I get lost in some of this because I don't know I don't know where the final landing place is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just my confession. Yeah. Because when you study Joseph Smith and and the things that he taught, mm-hmm. there's there's sort of this one sense and notion. Brigham Young, like I said, made some changes. Some of them stuck, and some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and and since then, there's even been some cleanup stuff done over the years mm-hmm. by more modern leaders. Yeah, uh, and, and and according to like the way society changes. Mm-hmm. has brought about a number of changes. We mentioned last week that uh, there was a time when, when the teaching was people of, of dark skin right. were, yeah. were people cursed, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why their skin was, was darker. That doesn't show up in any of the teachings anymore, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a thing that was cleaned up, and we do work to get ready for these podcasts, but I can't do the level of deep dive that would be needed for me to be able to wrap my head around this entirely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what I know about the kingdoms is that these kingdoms are your various places where you will either find glory, a time on earth, I'm, I would think ostensibly maybe for a second chance, mm-hmm. or, or you're just there to play it out for someone else, mm-hmm. uh, and, and punishment. But maybe you get to, I, I get the feeling you kind of get to, wherever you end up, you can try again. Mm. You can do e- even punishment might be like a purgatory kind of a thing where you get to come back and try again. And right. maybe you nail it this time. There's different, like there's also considered to be like different degrees and levels even within those kingdoms. Right. So, cause I, I remember, um, being when I was young working with a girl who was Mormon and, you know, just asking her like, so what do Mormons believe? Like, can other Christians get to heaven? Like, can they attain this, this other kingdom? And uh, she kind of gave a bit of a convoluted answer. And again, she's not, she was just a member of the church, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, and I've seen some, some things kind of written on this, but uh, the idea of like, there are a non-Mormon Christian who is moral and righteous could theoretically attain some kind of blessing, Mm-hmm. Not not the same kind that the, you know that the you know the best of the best in the Mormon Church will, but you know there's something something to be had there, right? Um, but it's yeah, it's very it's very like tiered, like there's it's a very tiered system, and it's very it's very convoluted as well because um, in a similar sense and maybe even more so than you know how you have the the Pope who can speak ex cathedra. Right, so the Pope can look right. Like right now, a lot of Catholics are concerned that the Pope is going to officially change doctrine on homosexuality and marriage and gender. Right, because mm-hmm. technically he he could. 
right? Right. Yeah. Um, it would be a pretty unprecedented move, but it's possible. We live in a world where unprecedented things happen all the time. Um, so there is some of that within the the Latter Day Saints Church as well. Like their presidents are not just presidents of the organization, like we would think of a chairman, but they're also they 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 operate like prophets as well. And so that's why Mormon teaching has changed over time. That's why before when polygamy was encouraged, now it's discouraged, at least in the main line. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's still practiced in the the yeah. kind of some of the other groups, but because the you know the policy has changed, right? The the chairman has spoken from on high and said, ah, we're not gonna do that anymore. Yeah. Um and, and again from social pressure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it just made me think of the uh the how the Chinese government went from the one child policy and then that backfired on them and now they've got the three child policy mm-hmm. but nobody's having kids <laughs> their population is going to collapse but again it's it's they're, they're responding to it's it's the leadership is responding to the culture around them and adjusting what they believe and what they teach and what matters based on those circumstances right yeah which again is very different but than, but still very much in in line with the spirit of the Pearl of Grey Prize, mm. right? To come in and, and shine light and, and correct and adjust some of the things that were previously said and taught mm. in a way because, you know, well, maybe it didn't make sense or maybe I have a better idea now, mm-hmm. right? The, the, real, the real doctrinal problem behind this, if Joseph Smith was receiving revelation of God... Mm. Why does it need to be adjusted? Right. Right. It's not the same. Like some, some people could argue, well, we also write commentaries that help people understand exactly what is meant mm-hmm. in that passage kind mm-hmm. of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Couple of differences. One, there is not a single group or individual making that statement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People are operating independently and not coming up with wildly different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're they're showing their work. Mm-hmm. If you remember math class when that mattered. Yeah. Right? <laughs> showing their work along the way, whereas these other groups aren't. Mm-hmm. Right? And so uh so the the independent nature of, of Christian historical study and theological study mm-hmm. is really valuable. Mm-hmm. And and that anyone who comes up with an idea is required to prove that idea mm. is really valuable. Whereas what the Mormon Church is doing, and, and, and other groups that we have talked about and, and will talk about, they're just not holding that kind of accountability, right? They come in and they're like, yeah, but what this really means is this, and I know it feels entirely different, but by inspiration, I know that it's true. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In these, like, there are there are certain articles of faith that um, every good Mormon is supposed to memorize, but these things have um, developed over time. Mm-hmm. They're not foundational in the sense of they. Joseph Smith was promoting these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. I mean, the other thing too, the other, I mean, key, I mean, we've, we've already identified enough key distinctions um, theologically, I think, to make a good argument that this is not Christian. Oh, for sure. Uh, but 
I mean, we can talk about the idea even of the atonement or the lack of sure. atonement yeah. in in Mormon doctrine, right? Jesus, like they believe that the crucifixion happened, that Jesus was indeed crucified on the cross, um, but it was not done in order to atone for our sins, right? Because again, that doesn't line up with what the goal of the Mormon life is. Yeah, you can't have moralism and atonement. Yeah. Yeah. So his his resurrection was was kind of a was a way to symbolize that this life isn't all there is, that there is more after. Right. So that was kind of the purpose of it, right? It was to kind of prove that, you know, um there will indeed be a, a resurrection, right? That this death is not the end. Um think about the weight of that for Jesus. Mm. It's one thing to say I'm willing to go and pay the price for all who follow. Mm. It's another thing to say, I'm going to go and be beaten and put to death as an illustration. (laughs) So that maybe somebody will put it together and try harder. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when I say you can't. That it can be misunderstood for 1800 years and then some people in the Midwest will figure it out. Right. And so the when I say you can't have atonement and moralism, mm-hmm. the question is, which one of us paid the bill? Right. Right? Mm-hmm. If you go to a restaurant and someone pays the bill, and you go to pay the bill, and the waiter's like, sorry, brother already paid it for you over there. Yeah. yeah. What good is your money mm-hmm. at this point? Yeah. Right? They shouldn't accept it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if it's up to me, then the other guy did nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Um, so so they tried, yeah, to to call the cross an illustration. It it just destroys everything scripture, mm-hmm. and and I think that's that's part of my frustration in studying the theology of Mormonism. I've talked to Mormons before. One of the things that I I like to ask them is when you're studying, what's your favorite source to go to? for worship and study. Mm-hmm. And I'm always shocked at how much they hem and haw about it, mm. right? Because we would, we would say the Bible, mm-hmm. to the degree that when people ask that question within Christianity, they say, other than the Bible, what's your... Right. Right? But because they have so many texts, I just like to throw the question out, what do you go to? Mm. And never is it the Bible. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten that response. And I've even had to remind some of them about the works of Joseph Smith. Mm. What about these, these, or these? And they're like, you know what? To be honest with you, I, I basically just listen to, uh, they call them talks, not sermons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I basically just listen to talks online, mm-hmm. stuff that my professors are doing mm-hmm. or have written, um, and and maybe like journal articles that are being developed. So even now... Mormonism doesn't seem to be perpetuating based on a new generation of Mormons picking up the Book of Mormon Mm -hmm. or the Pearl of Great Price, Mm -hmm. reading it, Mm -hmm. and giving themselves to those teachings, Mm -hmm. right? It's very much sort of like the latest interpretations of whomever the newest speakers of influence are. Mm. And and that's a bit of that's a bit of my frustration. Yet, yeah, 
So could you make the argument that Christianity does the same thing? We have celebrity pastors, and that's where people spend most of their time. Sure. What's John Piper saying? Right. Right? Yes, but John Piper spends that entire time saying, open your Bible and read it for yourself. Right. Right. Right? And he's very clear to say, this is what I'm telling you what the Bible says, but you need to be intimately into your Bible. And Christians are told over and over and over again, get into your Bible, be in your Bible and know this yourself, Mm. which just, I've never seen that land in Mormonism. And so I, when I ask the question, it's genuinely to say, I want to read some of these things too. Mm. What are you reading? And, and it's kind of all over the place And, and usually sort of a shrug of like, not really much of anything actually. Yeah. And, you almost almost makes you wonder like what is what's holding it together mm-hmm. absolutely right and, and, and so here's my take on that yeah it, Marshall's microphone just absolutely fell completely off the desk can you hear me now yeah we're gonna pause it for a second and come back and we're back and we're back yep. and so so my answer is this uh when you go back to the core of the fact that there is one God over the planet mm-hmm. who's creating these celestial spirit babies who eventually end up in the terrestrial realm mm-hmm. of Earth living out their life, one of the principal goals is to just live out that family, mm. be that unified family, and uh, the way you would want your family to live. Right? right? Right. And since we're all a part of that family, there's this high value on just being a good Mormon, sticking with the group, mm. and looking out for each other. Yeah. Right? Because one thing that's noted from outside culture is Mormons look out for each other, right? Mm. They get hired for positions. They get promotions, right? When someone's in trouble. Mm-hmm. They get, you know, the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, they're incredible communities, oh, right? Yeah. Like I followed a couple of people online that I didn't realize were Mormon. Mm-hmm. And then you see them like traveling the world and like bumping into people that they know and going to visit them and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes down to that. And I, I wonder if that doctrine itself is keeping the thing going, it's just sort of like the, the notion that we're all in this together mm-hmm. and not necessarily the notion of, um, it, it would be a rebellious notion to say, how do we know this is true? Right, right. And I need to know that this is true, mm. right? That's not the greatest value. The greatest value isn't truth. The greatest value is community. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I, def- I definitely get that sense, like the, the emphasis on on family and community and, and good living and healthy relationships and all that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which is appealing. It right? is. Especially, it is. You know, it's, you know, it's, it, those are all, those aren't, those are all good things. They're bad things. They're good things. Uh, but, um, but yeah, but it's, 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 again, it's, it's, it's trying to live uh, or, or produce fruit uh, without being rooted in, in Christ mm-hmm. really. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like a lot of what's, what I see being done when I try to do research on like what is modern Mormonism mm-hmm. um, and and what are the PhDs talking about? Not your average 
temple kind of a thing, but what are the PhDs writing about? A lot of it seems to be sort of trying to make amends for or explain older things, mm. right? Like like they, they realize the polygamy was a problem, mm-hmm. that racism was a problem, but they also can't really go back and be like, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young got this wrong. Mm. And we need to move on past that, right? Because mm. these guys have always been put forth as people who were bringing revelation, yeah. right? We can't go back and say, Paul didn't get this right, mm. right? People do, but yeah. not rightly so and not keep the faith together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so they realize that they can't do that either. And a lot of what's coming out of academia, I see, is just sort of like trying to backfill and create plausible Mm. realities for why things were said or where a people group came from mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I see a lot of stuff on social media too, just kind of like trying to like normalize Mormonism in a way, you know what I mean? Like just mm-hmm. trying to try to make it seem as, as normal as possible. Like, Oh, this, this fits this, you know, this fits with, you know, with other branches of Christianity and Western society, what it means to be a good American, you know, to be a good Mormon is to be a good American. And, right. Right. And there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and I think it's, yeah, it's just a lot of works being put into kind of trying to make it less weird, I guess, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Um, which, but, I mean, like a lot of religions and even like Christians do that. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm a little bit of the opposite sometimes. Like sometimes I think it's good when Christianity's weird. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's good. It's good for us to be weird. To be different. To be different. Set yeah, apart. Weird has a negative, yeah, negative connotation. But yeah. Yeah. One of the things we have to touch on theologically, mm. because it's in their name, mm-hmm. the LDS, we have to talk about the Jesus Christ himself. Right. Because that's where you said it earlier, people are going to say, but they have Jesus in the name. Mm-hmm. We don't even do that. Mm-hmm. So it, can it be all wrong? They do recognize Jesus, although we've mentioned they might not recognize his atonement. Mm-hmm. What do they believe about the person of Jesus? So Jesus was, Jesus was the first of the spirit babies mm-hmm. born to the God of this world who used to be a human being. And his mom. I don't. I'm not sure where the mom came from, but I'm maybe maybe she, a different planet or something. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But so he there is a preeminence. He's the son son of God technically. Right. Right. Yeah. The firstborn mm-hmm. son of God. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not 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 in the way that that we would mean it. Right? Through a physical and intimate relationship with Mary. Yeah. Yeah. And then he he progresses into a divine being, semi-divine being. Uh, But again, not there. So Jesus has a sense of divinity to him, but again, not how we would understand it. Um, And and not in a way that is inaccessible to us. Right. Yeah. We can be just like him. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is just the first. Yeah. And it's worth writing about him because he did it. Yeah. And you can too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, It's like, it's quintessential... Uh, just sort of like motivational speaker kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Bring in the guy who did the thing. Mm-hmm. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so that's that's really why Jesus is such a spotlight for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so there is, 
yeah, so the, so the sun is not co-eternal and co-equal. Oh, no. Consubstantial, all those kind of those co-words that we talked about uh, before, right? This this equality with the Father. But even even in under the Mormon framework, like the Father as understood in the Mormon religion is not the same Father, is not of the same quality, is not of the same attributes. Right. Right? He's not the he's not the creator of all things, right? Yeah. He's not he's not the source of of life and and all that is good. Like he's just one of many. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so it's 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 like it's the the Mormon worldview is more different from a Christian worldview than Islam is. And oh. I'll stand by that. Yes. We hold yes. more in common with Muslims than Mormons. And I know it's a bold statement, but that's I stand by that because literally the worldview is so radically different at from the very foundations of it, from the person of who God is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's wild. Man. Yeah, so I grew up watching cable television where they would have those things all the time where they were like, call this number, get a free Bible, and a Book of Mormon. Oh. Right? Um, you can go online and you can find those kinds of advertisements. Mm-hmm. Ju- you just need to know they're not mailing this to you. Okay. By the way, if anyone's like, oh, I'd, I'd really like to read that. That's interesting. It's Do it. It is it is interesting. And if you've got Mormon friends, maybe it's, it's a good thing to do. Um, but just so you know, because there are Mormon temples everywhere, what they're going to do is pass along your address to a local congregation mm-hmm. Who is going to come knocking on your door yep. and give you your free book? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you want to do it just with full anonymity and just be like, I'm just going to go to the mailbox and pick it up. No. 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 They're going to come and say, Hey, we heard you wanted a book and we're here to chat. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're interested in that, you can do that. Right. Uh, but I just thought I'd throw that disclaimer out there. Mm-hmm. You can still do that. The more that I look into this, the more I think they don't really expect you to read either one of them. No. They're big books. Mm-hmm. Both of them have their struggles to get through. That's not a knock on the Bible. Mm-hmm. Millions of people every year decide they're going to read the Bible in a year and don't. Mm-hmm. They're banking on the fact that you're not going to read these books, I think. Mm. I, maybe maybe not in a, in a way that is deceitful, mm. but I think... It's just kind of been the reality, mm. and they're just sort of operating in that. They get by, and it spreads along because people aren't asking hard questions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Inside yeah. the faith, you're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Outside of the faith, people just aren't that interested in it. Mm-hmm. I've asked hard questions to some of these guys and never really gotten... Usually what I get is, I need to go talk to my superior, Mm-hmm. And I'll come back with an answer, and they don't come back, right? And probably because they're like, "Hey, I was talking to this Baptist pastor, and the guy's like, just f- leave him alone, right? Mm-hmm. Forget about it." Um, but there's a there's a part of me that just says this is so disjointed, and and who they claim God to be is so far removed from the actual biblical text, and far removed from the actual Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. And the way they practice isn't even really represented in the Pearl of Great Prize. Mm-hmm. That 
the teachings, as as these missionaries have said to me in the past, the teachings keep going, but the original texts themselves have just been left behind. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the method for recruitment is not through convincing you with, like convincing you um, to read and hold to their material, just as you said. It's through building a relationship and bringing you into that community mm-hmm. and saying, see how perfect these people are? Look, look how nice everybody is. Yeah. These you people wanna... are super nice. Marshall, don't you want to be a better dad and husband? Yeah, yeah. We can help you with I that. I mean, you want why would... yeah. to... Why wouldn't you come with us then? Yeah. Like... You don't want to be a better dad and husband. That's okay. All right, that's a choice. <laughs> you know, there's there's yeah. a pressure in that, mm-hmm. right? Or or people who just don't have that community mm-hmm. to be able to say, no, we can we can throw a community around you, uh, an incredibly resourced community. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, lots of money. Like this is like coming up on the Catholic Church kind of financial resource and, and oh, yeah. people that are willing to just throw it around. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we can, we can support you. We can come around you in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the doctrine of God and the person of Jesus Christ are yeah, just sort of things if you're interested, but yeah, not really what we're yeah. here to talk we'll just, about. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you, we'll help you, we'll help you live good, live the good life now so mm-hmm. that you can live an even better life later. Yeah. Which in some ways, in some ways, it's going to be appealing. In some ways, it's going to really hurt your ability to minister to these people. Mm. Um, because I, I think they would be shocked to have a Christian come to them and be like, you got to get out of this. Mm. Like, why? Right. Like, all that, last week, all we talked about was, like, how to love your kids more. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning so much, and it's so helpful. Yeah. And these people understand what matters. Yeah. How can this be wrong? How can this be wicked? How can this be yeah. right? Like, yeah. Or they or they see their their Mormon friends and family or or neighbors uh just being like incredible examples in the community mm. and having a family that's really put together, maybe even stronger in some of those ways than your family. Mm-hmm. And you just look at it and you think who am I to talk to them? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It seems like they're they're doing well. It can't be that bad, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the issue is not how we live on earth. The issue is what have you done with Christ? Mm-hmm. Are you a worshiper of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where there is a day and night difference mm-hmm. between Christianity and Mormonism. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean it's a t- it's tough to it's tough to interact. Um, I mean, sometimes you'll like, like you said, like they're, they're eager to have a conversation with you. They're not always eager for you to have a conversation with them. Oh no. Catch my drift. Right. Yeah. That, that can be a really challenging thing. They've been trained to kind of carry one-sided conversations where they can share what they've been trained to share, but, and maybe answer certain questions about the church and about what they're, they're all about. But when it comes to like, if you really want to like sit down and wrestle through some theological questions, like, why do you guys believe that? You want to like, you want to do like a real Bible study with them. Like there's, there's going to be some hesitancy there mm-hmm. most of the time because that's just not the kind of thing they've been equipped to do. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't even really matter as much to them. Right. Um, so like if you, know, obviously, obviously like a key, a key thing to communicate to them um, is obviously the biblical gospel, the idea of the fallen nature of man, 
right, before a holy God and Christ's unique n- nature and, and the incarnation and his life and his, his atoning death and his resurrection as being the means of our salvation, mm-hmm. faith in that, right? Right. Like, those are the things they need yeah. to hear, but, like, it's... It's gonna. It's not gonna be an easy conversation. Yeah, and and calling on them, like in in the Western world, we make such a big deal about how powerfully dangerous it is for a person to leave Islam. How their families will hold funeral services for them. How they're not only walking away from a, a faith, they're walking away from a society. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how like traumatic that is Mm -hmm. it's not just them Mm. i have catholic friends or friends who whose families are catholic who have been disowned by their families for coming to christ in an evangelical church right yeah um i the same is true of anyone who leaves mormonism Mm -hmm. we talk about like their this the reach of their arm their resources and the way that they can bring you in, mm-hmm. they can also use that as a weapon mm-hmm. and and really push a person out into the cold on their own and in some ways even prevent them from moving forward um, so that it's a deterrent mm-hmm. from stepping into that. And that's that's just one of the ways that they kind of keep people in it, mm-hmm. right? And Jehovah's Witness are not different in that regard. That's who we're going to talk about next week. Yeah. Uh, but in, in, in some ways, these two share a bit of, of similarity. Mm-hmm. Now, I wouldn't say overlap. No. But a little bit of operational similarity. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Anything else? All right. Well, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada, is brought to you. Uh, is, and is produced by Alex Walker, something like that. Yeah. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Just go back and listen to an old episode. <laughs> Fast forward to the outro, yeah. and that's what I meant to say. That's it. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>